Our gospel reading this week is a continuation of the Sermon of the Mount, which we've been going through for, for weeks now. It's also a continuation of this specific part of the Sermon of the Mount, where Jesus is uh, elucidating and, and giving us an elaboration of the law that came before. Remember, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, or even the smallest part of the law. So not only has he not come to abolish the law, but he's saying, but even the law fell too short of what God desires for you, of the commands of God. And so in each of these lines, he recalls what you've heard before, what the law says, and then he says, but I say to you, and gives a standard that's in some ways much loftier than what the law had before. It, it really depends on how we listen to this. Some of the things we mentioned last week are really important to remember, because if we just hear this gospel reading as you need to try harder, it's going to be really discouraging, yeah? We just hear like, hey, you've heard it said this, but, but do more, right? Love your enemies. And if somebody's awful to you, just, yeah, just take it and, and let them do it again. I think something in our hearts, at least me, is like, I can't do that, right? And I want to. Like, I, I, have, I have a desire to do what Jesus wants. Um, but something to me is like, I just can't, I cannot do that. So, again, if we just hear it as Jesus saying, here's the new standard, when he says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, admittedly, if it's like, well, I, I, I don't know how to do that, right? <laughs> like, be as perfect as God. Go ahead. Go ahead. See you next week. Report back. See how you do. Like, something about that is just like, okay, I can't. Jesus, you're making me tired and afraid. Especially if there's a sense of if I fail in this, then, then there's, there's consequences to it. Then that's just really scary. So let's remember, who are we as Christians? Because if we forget this, everything else is miserable and really hard and really confusing. Like, what's Christianity about? Christianity is, is not about following the teachings of Jesus primarily. That's part of it. I'm not saying, like, <laughs> you go home and like, Father said, we don't have to do what Jesus says anymore. I love this church, <laughs> you know? No. So, but first and foremost, that's not what Christianity is about. What is Christianity about? Not doing what Jesus says, but actually allowing Jesus to come and live inside of us. And so that he does what he says in us. Every time I can remember that, I just feel this, this great relief. I don't know if that gives you relief. It's not just you trying really harder to make yourself like God. No, no, no. No, it's you allowing God to come and live in you. Allowing Jesus to be the life of your soul. So that everything he commands, he's going to do in you and in me. That gives me hope. That gives me some peace. So, uh, God wants to come and live in us. That's why Jesus doesn't want to just stick with what the law gave originally, because he's like, oh, I want way more for you than that. I want to go above and beyond. I want to do in you beautiful things that will help bring about the salvation of the world. So he wants to teach us how to love, but he'll do that from within. Like He'll do that with us. It also means that we have to receive that love in the first place. The most important job, I would argue, that you and I have as Christians is to allow God to come close to us and to love us. And the more we do that, the more love we'll have to give. So too, we need to experience God's mercy. Responsorial Psalm, Psalm 103, is just a beautiful meditation on the mercy of God that, that I think is just easy to, to forget. The psalmist begins with this song of blessing, like, bless, bless the Lord, O my soul. And bless his holy name. Like, he's just so good. And why? What does God do? 
And he's talking to you right now. The, the psalmist is talking about himself, but he's talking about you. He pardons all your iniquities. Anything you've possibly done wrong, he wants to forgive all of it. He wants to heal all your ills. Do you think of God as somebody who draws close to pardon and to heal? Sometimes we think of God as, as the judge or the referee that's trying to catch us, right? No, what does he do? He pardons, he forgives, he heals, he wants to heal your ills. It says he redeems your life from destruction. What does it mean to redeem somebody? That means to pay a price. God wants to, to, to not possess you in a domineering way, but that you might belong to him. He wants to save you from destruction. He'll pay the price, whatever price it takes. He also crowns you with kindness and compassion. That's a great line. Like when, when he has compassion on you, when he forgives you, he doesn't just like drop it at your feet and be like, all right, pick it up. No, his mercy, his compassion, his kindness, he sets as a crown upon your head. I think there's some way where in heaven, uh, one of the things we'll get to share with everybody is the way that God was so beautifully kind and merciful to us in the midst of our sin. Like we'll wear a crown that will we'll have like the sins you've committed almost. I, I, this is all just just nonsense in some ways, but, but it's like, wow, look at what God has forgiven me of. Like that'll be the joy of heaven. It's not your accomplishments. It's just how kind God has been. He, he crowns you with kindness and compassion. Merciful and gracious is the Lord. Do you think of God as being really merciful and gracious? Admittedly, I don't. A lot of times I think he's harsh. But no, he, he's kind. He's, he's gracious. He's slow to anger. You know people that are quick to anger, yeah? Some of you are quick to anger, amen? Yeah, it probably means that you knew somebody, maybe a parent that was quick to anger also, amen? Yeah, we tend to learn these things. That means we need healing. God wants to do that. That's okay. All right, God's not quick to anger. It's, it's, it takes a lot to get him going. Like a lot, a lot. So he's slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Like if you could pick a God or a dad, doesn't, this, doesn't he sound just awesome? Yeah, slow to anger, abounding in kindness. This line, the first time I heard it, I thought the reader read it wrong. The first time I ever heard it, it was in the year 2012. I remember when I heard it. Oh, 2011, I tell a lie. Uh, the next line says, not according to our sins does he deal with us. First time I heard that, I was like, that's not, that's not right. Because I thought, what? Only according to my sins does God deal with me. I mean, I really thought that God sees me in regards to my sins. If I haven't committed any, then he's fine. And as soon as I start committing them, then he's disappointed and he's angry. That, that was the image I had on some level of my heart. That God's concern with me was just with my sins. What if he just loves you? What if when you sin, he just loves you? He doesn't want your sin. Your sin's not good. It, it harms things. It brings destruction into the world. I'm not condoning sin. Neither does God. But what if, like, oh, that's not how he sees you? What if he doesn't deal with you according to your sins? Even if you've committed horrible, abominable sins, you can come before him, and, like, that's not his focus. He's aware of it, but that's not how he deals with you. No, he just loves you. Nor does he requite us according to our crimes. That means we don't get what we deserve, we get better, we get mercy. And when he forgives you, the next line says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he put your transgressions from you. 
When God forgives you, he takes your sin and puts it as far as east is from the west. It's just like forever away. It's just done. He doesn't hold it over your head. He doesn't bring it up in an argument six months later. And you're like, where did that come from? No, no, no. No, as far as the east is from the west, it's just done when he forgives you. That last line, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So this is the way that God is towards you and me. He's kind. He's merciful. When you do awful things, he's not awful to you. He's still good. Jesus gives this, this, this is kind of the key to what he's talking about. When he's saying, love your enemies and, and turn the other cheek, he's saying, because this is what your father's like. And so that means this is what I'm like. And there's an invitation to join the family, to like let the family traits soak into you. That Jesus would be alive in you and, and you and he would, would just only want to be like the father because the father's so good. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly Father. Do you feel how ennobling this is? He's calling something beautiful forth from you. Do this so that you might be children of your Father because he makes the sun rise on both the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. It's a beautiful image. Good things come to all people. And that's not just happenstance. That's the initiative of God. He just, he just does good. He only has good for us. So Jesus, in these new commands of sorts, uh, he's giving us a description of what, what the Father's like and what he is like and what their hearts are like. Um, and when you do this, when you actually do what Jesus says, when we do this, the world changes. It has power. It, it brings salvation. Jesus puts his money where his mouth is. Remember when he meets Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a bad man who has done bad things. And Jesus treats him like he's just beautiful and good and says, hey, I want to come spend time with you. Like he does not deal with him according to his crimes, according to his sins. Everybody else dealt with Zacchaeus according to his sins. They hated him. They probably literally like spit at him. People hated him because he had done bad things and he was persecuting them. And Jesus doesn't. Like he doesn't deal with them, him according to his sins. And Zacchaeus has this incredible conversion. And he's like, I'm going to give all my money away. And, and uh, like if I've stolen from anybody, I'll give it back four times over. Because Jesus just loved him. What set him free from his sins wasn't being convicted of his sins. It was being loved with mercy. St. Paul is the greatest apostle that there's ever been. Probably, probably the, one of the greatest preachers that's ever existed. Please remember that St. Paul, before Jesus called him, was doing what? Murdering and imprisoning Christians. He was the enemy of God. But Jesus says, no, you, you love your enemies. And, and you pray for those who persecute you. This is what the heart of God did. He chose Paul. He loved him, even in the midst of being an enemy of God, doing violence against God and the kingdom of God and the church. He said, he, he chose Paul for his own and said, I love you and I want you for my own. And it changed the world. Like it has changed your life, that act of mercy and love to St. Paul. Obviously, Jesus on the cross is the fulfillment of these words. Because we became his enemies through our sin. Right? Our sin is always a rejection of God and his love and his presence. So in some ways, we have all become his enemies by our sin. And, and as soon as he's, he's mounted to the cross, as soon as he's pierced by the nails... He just starts just like 
oozing love and kindness and mercy. And he prays to the Father for you and me. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus from the cross has nothing but mercy. Like he gives the other palm, he turns the other cheek, he lets himself be pierced and even murdered by violence and hatred. And he responds with only love. And because of that, the cross is turned from just this horrible, uh, yeah, loss and stupidity and violence and cruelty and murder. And it becomes the most beautiful thing because of mercy. So again, Jesus is inviting us in. He's like, hey, I'll come and live in you and be in you and teach you how to live and we can forgive and be merciful. And we don't have to strike back and you don't have to stand up for yourself all the time because like, I'll, I'll stand up for you. Like, I'll take care of you. I think it's only when we know the love and the mercy of God can we actually do this, when we're living in it. When I know like, oh, Jesus is so good to me no matter what I do. And he sees me as good and beautiful even when I've wronged him and harmed him. Like he only has love and kindness. And then with joy, we're like, okay, I want to do this too. I want to turn the other cheek. I want to bring a lessening of the violence and retribution and hatred and resentment of the world. I want to help Jesus bring healing and salvation. That all people may be gathered into the Father's embrace, the Father's tender love. Like that, that's what I want. If you strike out at Jesus with all the violence of your heart, he will only respond with love. That's all he has. Some of us have been angry at God or are currently angry at God. Some of us feel a lot of guilt about that. Like, oh, I can't can't tell him. I have to pretend like that's not there. But you don't have to do that. And you can let him have it. You can tell him about it. And he'll just take it all because he loves you. And he's never going to strike back. He's not going to smite you. All he has is mercy. And he just wants you to come home. So this is kind of an aside, but I really, really encourage you, if you're angry at God for any reason, please tell him about it. And you can say, Father Scott told me to do this, God, and if you have a problem with it, you take it up with him, and I'll take the consequences, okay? There's not going to be any, but, but if that's actually helpful, that's fine. You can say that. You have my permission. Jesus, I'm really mad at you, and Father Scott told me that I could tell you. So if you have a problem with it, take it up with him. That's fine. He's not, he's, not gonna, he's not gonna smite you. He doesn't hate you. He just wants you to bring it all to him. It's like a little kid that's really mad and sad and just like beaten on a it with love. And it doesn't hurt. And you can just take it all. So the little kid just becomes tired and weary and just with sobbing and sadness is just embraced in love. Like That's the way that God treats us. give you a moment to pray. You can pray about whatever you want. Maybe ask Jesus to show you what his heart is like towards you. Maybe ask him to tell you what the Father's like. Maybe just invite the Father to show you how he sees you because it's not according to your sins. Maybe tell the Father that you want to be just like him. Yeah, just let's come to God just however we feel. Maybe you're angry at him. You can tell him that too. That's okay. Okay.